Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was the big sound of Aretha Franklin with Think Good Morning. This is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining. Jazz Shapers is where you get to hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, we bring someone in who's shaping the world of business. We like to call them business shapers. My business shaper today is Frederick Court, and he's the founder and managing director at Felix Capital. They are a venture capital firm. They're the people behind many big businesses. They invest very wisely, generally. And you'll be hearing lots from Frederick about his investments in Deliveroo, in Goop, in Peanut, and in Farfetch, to name but a few. In addition to hearing from Frederick, you'll also be hearing our new feature called The News Session. It's where Paddy O'Connell will be discussing GDPR with a couple of Mishkondorea lawyers, and they'll be getting under the skin of that topic. And as well as all of that, of course, you'll be hearing some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Chet Baker, Van Morrison, Ray Charles, and this from Bill Withers. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime That was Bill Withers with Ain't No Sunshine, iconic. And you're going to be hearing some more iconic music um, with a brilliant lineup, as you heard earlier. This is Jazz Shapers, as I said, and my business shaper today, I'm very pleased, says Frederick Court, founder and managing partner at Felix Capital. They're a venture capital firm. And we haven't had many venture capital people on, and it's really nice to have you. Uh, bonjour, I should say, firstly. Enchanté. <laughs> Frederick is French, uh, but has been, you've been in London for how many years now? It doesn't sound like it, but I've been in mostly in London since 1984. So, so tell me, Frederick, how a person like you becomes someone who ends up as an investor? Because I have many, many people on the program who starters they they create a pro they create a, a a business, and then they might seek investment from someone like you. You've obviously set your own business up, but investing is a specific thing. How did Frederick get into that? Now, that's a good question. Uh, I'm an investor because I love doing what I do. And it's, uh, it's um, really what suits me well. And uh, I think I know, not, uh, not, haven't been too bad at it. And I, j- I just intend to keep on doing this for the rest of my working life. 
I ended up becoming an investor through uh, two kind of paths. Before uh, starting making investments, which started in 2001 in, uh, in London, um, I first well, came to London um, in the mid-90s to become an investment banker. So I worked with Lazard for close to five years, uh, where I was doing advisory M&A, essentially in the TMT space. So that's teleco telecommunication media and technology and increasingly focused on the rise of the internet. So I saw that emergence of the first wave of internet uh, disruption and transformation and, and, and business opportunities, which was absolutely fascinating. And that led me to start my own company in uh, 1999, where I left the you know, plush world of uh, Lazard. At the time, I was I'd moved to New York, um, which was a lot of fun, but also a lot of hard work, because it was a time when uh, I was in my um, late 20s, and I thought, well, let's uh, why not um, have, have a go at uh, starting something? And um, I started with a, with a partner, a, an online marketplace for the textile industry where we were basically trying to use the internet to transform the way that industry was working, an industry with you know, lots of participants, uh, globalization, uh, many trends changing uh, the, um, the industry, such as fast fashion, and the need for new tools. And we, we started in 1999, and we started working with venture capitalists. Uh, so that's how we, I first put my own money into, uh, into this uh, business and then started to raise capital and worked on the board that we had with a couple of venture firms. And that's how I first uh, got exposed to venture capital. Uh, and for you, the connection between money and passion is very important because it's one thing being able to find the funds it's another thing being able to place the funds with somebody who you really think has a vision and has a mission and is 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 pushing to do something special how, how do you spot those people no, that's that's a good question in fact and, and i would say it's two different um two different questions almost because one is first defining passion as a key trait of the kind of people we are looking for and then how to find them and over the years, what uh, I've seen, having been investor for now you know, almost uh, 18 years, is that it's it's never a straight line. Every um, every uh, entrepreneur we work with is trying to do something that is very difficult, almost impossible. You have to um, you have to uh, be usually a contrarian and try to do something that's not obvious. And um, uh, it's um, uh, unless you are motivated by you know in, in almost both passion and ambition, it's, um, it's very difficult to do. If you are just there for the money, it's not going to work. You need to have something much bigger at stake to make it. So we are looking for those people who are, who've got that vision, that need, and uh, where that, kind of, that becomes almost like a cause that, makes their, a key, that is a key pillar of their life, and that's at the center of, um, of, the, of the, the business proposition and then the investment proposition for us. And we're going to hold it right there because I want to bring in some music and also want to explore this point particularly in a moment. Uh, right now, this is Check. The more I see you, the more I want you, somehow this feeling just grows and grows. With every sigh, I become more mad about you, more lost without you, and so it goes. Can you imagine? 
Another big uh, jazz shaper there, with, that was Chet Baker with The More I See You. And my business shaper today, Frederick Court, founder and managing partner of Felix Capital, the interesting and complicated sometimes world of um, investments. We were talking earlier, Frederick, about the, the search from your perspective for passion. Uh, and then ensuring that that person also, I imagine, on top of that, understands what they want to do with that passion. Let's just go back a little bit. So for you, passion is important. Does it matter what they're passionate about? Well, well, it matters to us in the sense that we are only going after specific areas. So we we position um, Felix uh, Capital at the intersection of technology and creativity. Um, I've been an investor in a, in a different firm before that was more of a, more generalist. Mm. And I felt that at a time when technology is changing everything, you look at our life today and probably you know, most of the listeners will have their mobile phone in their hand or not far away uh, and doing you know, many different things with that tool. So technology is changing every aspect of our personal and business life. Mm. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to be a generalist investor. So we felt there was an opportunity with, to build a new venture firm that w- would focus on uh, oppor- opportunities that would um, relate to specific uh, consumer uh, segments, uh, lifestyle segments, and where there is an element of creativity involved. And we, um, I mean, three of the companies we backed started as a little kind of side project with a s- very simple blog. Um, and in fact, m- more like a decade ago, and over a decade built uh, built a, a community, uh, built um, uh, an audience, and built uh, started to build a business, and that's where we typically we approach these uh, entrepreneurs. We don't uh, we don't just wait for them to come and knock at the door. Um, we you know, obviously want more of more of uh, of that because that makes our life easier. But we we very specifically go after people who are doing something that we find interesting, and we explain to them why we are knocking at that door, and that's how we become relevant to them and potentially um, win their trust and become a partner in the business. Now, when you set this business up, was there a burning, apart from wanting to leave Lazard, was there a burning desire to just be your own boss? So when I, so I've been an entrepreneur twice. First, when I started my company in the late 90s yes. and now, uh, and now, was, now it, was, it was Felix. So, yeah. And in both cases, I, 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 I wanted to have the, you know, the flexibility to be in charge and to choose my battles. And it's, uh, it comes with a lot of responsibility, but it's also great because I can decide to today you know, spend an hour with you and talk about what we do as opposed to having a boss telling me where I should be spending my time. Uh, so that's, um, that's sort of a luxury uh, you know, that I'm, uh, I've been able to earn. Uh, and it's, I think it's also at the center of the lo- life choices that most uh, entrepreneurs make where they decide to put their, um, their, their job at the center of their life. And it's much easier to do if that's a passion. And what about the confidence? I mean, I, I meet lots of people outside of this, uh, this place, this program, who have got great ideas but haven't got the confidence to pursue them. What, what do you think gave you the confidence to say, I'm Frederick, I'm going to make my own thing happen? Why did you not doubt that you could do it? I didn't say I didn't doubt I could do it. And I, um, of course, I, I, I had questions, especially started Felix, where um, 
a lot of the beginning of, um, uh, of uh, at Felix was basically on my shoulder and was uh, based on my uh, original idea, but also track record. Um, in fact, I, for the anecdote, when before launching Felix, I was I, I wasn't minded to launch it as we did with you know such a small team, um, and, but I was looking for partners to 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 join. And it was not easy to convince many people to join on, at the time, starting a new venture capital firm based in Europe, more thematic. Um, and a lot of people told me, actually, that it would not be possible. But I thought, well, let's, let's have a go. If it doesn't work, worst case, you know, I can go and you know, uh, get a, a, a job somewhere else, which I had you know, a number of opportunities uh, around. But if it works, I can then shape something that is exactly what I want to do. Uh, and um, the, I was fortunate that it worked, and to some extent worked better than we expected. As we got, we underestimated the level of demand from investors for what we do, and we vastly underestimated the level of demand from entrepreneurs to have a sort of a trusted uh, partner next to them who understands their their the, the battles they are fighting and also their domain. Stay with me to find out much more from my business shape today. That's Frederick Corton. He's the founder and managing partner of Felix Capital. They're investors and clever ones too. Right now, though, um, we've got something new from Jazz Shapers. It's called The New Sessions. You may have caught it last week. It's with Paddy O'Connell. He's in conversation with a couple of Mishkondorea lawyers getting under the skin of an important issue. The important issue right now for most of you out there in some form, business or personal, is GDPR. The News Sessions with Paddy O'Connell. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Jazz FM. Hello and welcome to a brand new conversation helping spot the road bumps for you and your business. It's the News Sessions. I'm Paddy O'Connell. Today we're talking about one of the biggest changes to the way our data is stored, perhaps since the birth of the internet. Brexit's coming, John. This is an EU bit of old shizzle. I don't have to worry about it because we're leaving. Uh, If only. Um, But no, the the government has made clear that um, regardless of Brexit, the UK will comply with the GDPR. And indeed, we will have to in order to continue to trade with the European Union. All right, Union. I've got another get-out for you, Nina. I'm an American fan. I'm listening. I'm jogging in Santa Fe listening to this. Yeah. I'm saying push off, silly British lawyers, with your advice. I'm American. Go away. Yep, so um, GDPR has really quite a broad reach. Um, so it covers any business in the EU that is processing data uh, of individuals, and that could be individuals within the EU or outside the EU. Um, but it also extends to non-EU businesses uh, where they are processing data of EU individuals. Right. Right. So yes, it would cover your business uh, running down the beach. My word. So uh, Brexit doesn't get me out. Being a small firm doesn't get me out. Being an American annoying hipster jogging in California doesn't get me out. Basically speaking, sit up, buckle up, here we go. The New Sessions podcast with Paddy O'Connell from Mishkondorea. Find more of the New Sessions podcasts dealing with key legal matters on iTunes. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. 
You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday I meet someone who's shaping the world of business, doing amazing things. In this case today, it's Frederick Court, and he's an investor um, in amazing companies, and he himself is an, is an amazing company. If you've missed any of the previous guests, I should note um, for you, go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers. It's also the place you will find the latest podcast, the longer version of the news sessions, of which you've just heard a snippet. Um, Frederick, we were talking about passion, and we were talking about focusing on a theme, a thematic, as you called it, uh, which is in your case technology, and I think fashion is kind of it's been connected it's in the there. creative industry. The creative industry, right? Being one of them. Farfetch is a really big one um, that um, many people I know use, and it's kind of become one of those ubiquitous brands. Tell me about your journey with Farfetch. So in 2009, I was um, really thinking about where I should be spending my time and what kind of companies I wanted to to back. And it was uh, one of the things that struck me is that the Europe had had seen the birth of some of the most um, impressive and influential digital um, fashion and commerce companies in the world. Uh, ASOS uh, kind of pioneered a, a model for uh, young female um, customers with uh, with fashion. Um, Netaporte uh, created a model mixing content and commerce and really opened up the the, the way for lux- online luxury. Uh, Vente Privé in France created the flash sale model. So a lot of innovation in the online fashion market started from Europe. So I was thinking about what would be the next thing uh, coming after that. And as I mentioned earlier, I started in a marketplace before in the textile industry, so that gave me a good sense of how the industry worked. And that led me to Farfetch um, in uh, October 2009, to be precise, a year after the company had started. I first subscribed to the newsletter in 2008 and then ended up... um, reaching out to Jose and meeting him, Jose Neves, the founder of Farfetch, uh, not really having a sense of what the business was about. I didn't quite understand it from the outside. And I remember having that first meeting where I was struck by just how both humble and smart um, uh, Jose was. And I felt that he was really onto something. He had something he had created as a fashion insider who owned a couple of boutiques, a little network, almost like a community uh, cooperative of boutiques that together were pulling their uh, inventory, uh, giving him products that he was then selling, taking a commission. So he was creating an online retail model with no inventory, um, which was really interesting as uh, taking inventory in retail is always a big uh, challenge. And he was doing this. He was working quite badly because for customers it was a pain, but there was uh, already evidence of enormous customer love. There were people from all over the world trying to shop those beautiful products that were sitting on the shelves of boutiques in in Paris, mm. in um, London, or Rome, or Capri, or other places like this. There were around 40 boutiques. and But it was like a 10, 15-man band. Uh, it was doing a few hundred K of um, dollars of volume of transaction every month. So it, there was something, but it was really early. And I felt... Um, Jose had that kind of spark and potential to build something much greater. So I, I managed to convince my partners to back uh, um, Farfetch with the first investment of three million pounds that we closed early 2010. This, this thing about you knowing is, is what intrigues me because you're a, a background as a finance guy, but it sounds like you've become a student of these different worlds. If you can go and just, you said, or casually, I just picked up the phone to Jose. He was 2009 then. It wasn't a big deal. Where does, is this knowledge self-taught? 
because no one sat there and said, right, Frederick, here's the, here's the key to new world of digital. Here's the key to the creative industries. How have you learnt? Because people listening will go, how did it become that Frederick was the guy with his finger on the pulse? This is a very good question because I basically decided um, that I, I joined an investment firm that was very technology-centric. And I'm not an engineer. I started participating in investments that were more in telecommunication equipment companies and semiconductor. And then I was saying, well, I, I really love the impact that technology has on the world, but I'm never going to make it. I just don't understand it. So I started to focus on areas where I, which I understood, and also increasingly where I had a, an angle or even an interest for. I, I'm a man who likes shopping. Um, I do, He's dressed uh, beautifully, by the uh, way. Obviously, uh, Frederick has a wonderful accent, but also he has great clothes, of which I'm quite jealous. Uh, which I, should, I, I wanted to tell we, you that. Well, thank you very much. I was, I, I, and then I basically started to go after areas uh, that I was interested in. And I started meeting people, building an understanding. And, um, and, that's, and that's today when I talk to my team, uh, that's very much what I tell them to do. It's uh, our business is all about conviction. And you have to build your conviction through a number of things. Being knowledgeable about the space is important, but having an interest for, for this, a passion for, for these um, areas is very important. This is how we connect to people, but also we can convince them that we are the right partners. So it's a, it's a journey. And what's fascinating about what we do is that we, have never, we, are, we never stop learning. Uh, I listen to podcasts all the time. I, I know I read a lot. I and we are looking at opportunities, especially investing in the consumer world, that can be in front of us at any point in time. Um, I learn a lot, for instance, from my daughters. Just understanding, I've got two uh, uh, teenage daughters of you know, fourteen and eleven year, years old, and seeing the way they engage with technology, what they, the way they consume content, the way they connect with their friends, the way they are inspired for uh, their own uh, purchase is fascinating, and we are constantly learning. Stay with me for more from my business shaper. That's Frederick Court, founder and managing partner at Felix Capital. Time for more music. It's another big shaper, Van Morrison with Moondance. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance neath the cover of October skies. You know, the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes. That was Van Morrison with Moondance. I'm with Frederick Court, as I said earlier, and we've been talking about learning and curiosity. Your business, um, which is obviously you, you, you're able to raise amounts, huge amounts of money because people trust you and uh, institutional investors, proper long-term capital is saying this is a good way to hedge, as it were, to take a slightly shorter-term view and so on. Um, you've got, and I don't know if this is unusual in the, in the in the money world, but you have a really interesting manifesto where you talk about, and you mentioned it earlier, Frederick, about people seeing that you really are, you really dig what they're doing, that you really are on their wavelength. And you talk about in your manifesto, and I would urge anyone to just go on the Felix Capital website and look at this because I think it's really interesting. Any business should have one of these. A venture firm for the creative class, you talk about. Everything we do is with entrepreneurs in mind. You mentioned earlier we're a conviction-driven firm. Work hard, be nice to people. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a simple and lovely thing. Every investment counts. It doesn't never, there's never a pound or a dollar or a euro that isn't important. We know what we're looking for, and I love this. We offer differentiated capital and, and so on. Where did this come from? 
these these things because they're really well written. They're dead simple. Uh, someone like me who's not in this world understands them because I'm interested in, in kind of companies that are, are obviously well run. What's, what's, what's this about? It's basically about why we are doing Felix. I mean, the world doesn't need another venture capital firm. We, we, um, I got to a point where I felt there was an opportunity to do something uh, different. Uh, and that was also, and also I was at a point where I felt uh, it, it was important for me to start something that would um, uh, probably you know, define my life as well, that my you know, children would be proud about, and that would give me a fantastic platform to, uh, for, to, to, to combine work and, 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 and passion. And this, I didn't sort of come up with this just um, overnight saying, okay, I've been doing this before and here's the next. There was a journey of probably uh, you know, two, three, maybe four years where uh, this kind of grew in me. And at some point, that be, it was, that it was, uh, there was a kind of urge to, to, to do things. And I did write uh, that uh, manifesto very fast, uh, pretty much in one night just before um, launching, uh, announcing Felix, uh, where we, that was, I really had to, to do it at that point. And uh, it, but it was important to state out there why we had, uh, uh, why we had created Felix and what it was about and what would define uh, both um, our culture uh, and our investment strategy. And I think the, the, the vision is to build um, a venture firm for the creative class. The mission is to be a, a good partner to entrepreneurs. Uh, and these are the two pillars that we, on which we are building uh, Felix. And this is, we are getting great feedback from, um, uh, from this manifesto. Uh, and I think the reason is that it's very authentic. And we are, in the same way, we are looking for authentic brands. We are looking for founders who are doing something that they really believe in, which is not just about making quick money, but it's about having an impact on the world. So this is our way of saying we want to have an impact on the world, a positive impact on the world. And um, it's, um, it's also a good guideline as we are building both our portfolio and our team. Uh, we want people to believe in this. And indeed, one of the people you've invested in is Michelle Kennedy, who was on this program. She's the founder of Peanut. Final chat coming up with uh, Frederick a bit later. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Ray Charles. That's in just a moment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through. That was the uh, the final shaper lineup here before we go to the choice of Frederick, which we will be doing in a bit. And that was Ray Charles, of course, with Georgia on my mind. Frederick, of course, my business shaper, just for a few more minutes. You mentioned in there the second part of the the equation, as it were, about your people that you're investing in seeing you as a partner seeing you as someone who understands and has their, if you like, their mindset and can relate. What is it that they relate to in you personally, do you think, Frederick? What is it when they look you in the eyes and they see beyond the money that you can bring them, what else are they buying? Um, they are, they are, I think many of the entrepreneurs we work with don't quite realize this necessarily at the beginning uh, uh, because this is something we build over time. We love to invest in companies and work with founders that we've get, we got to know 
a few years before, because then we it works both ways. We get to know them, they get to know us. And what we bring, it's, um, it's obviously capital, that's a key part of the equation, but it's domain knowledge, it's a network, and it's an experience of having been in that situation. Most entrepreneurs have, will, will run, let's say on average, let's say two companies. Sometimes just one, sometimes it's you know, three or four for you know, the most uh, prolific ones. Uh, but they do that with a very small number of um, opportunities. We have um, uh, I, I've been working with you know, a few dozens of companies. So we've seen things go well, we've seen things go wrong. So we have a sort of a, uh, a portfolio of case studies in our mind that we can share with them and explain. And, and we are here not to tell them what to do, but to push them in a, a positive way to give them our our take um, and to um, uh, but an entrepreneur will always do what he wants to do that's why we are we are less focused on or less have control through a tight legal agreement and we always get quite a lot of rights as a as an investor but as soon as you have to look at the contract it means you have a problem mm. so it's very important to be able to earn the trust and it's be, what has been great for us is to um, is to see entrepreneurs come to us and ask us to actually, to get even more of our time. Uh, I'll give you an example of a company I invested in early, uh, which is Goop in the US, uh, the lifestyle brand started by Gwyneth Paltrow, where I first invested alongside, um, and we first invested alongside uh, NEA, a very large US fund. And uh, first I was an observer on the board, and then there was the next round, I was asked by the, the, the founder to become a director of the company. So when it's that kind of uh, relationship, that's great. So we are not forcing ourselves on the board, but it's more the entrepreneur asking us, actually, can you give us more time? You look like you enjoy yourself, without a doubt. And it's nice when things, you know, you have your, you, the fact that you're into your fashion and the fact that you're working with Farfetch and with Goop and Gwyneth and so on and so forth is no coincidence. Is there a best bit or are you always in a state of ecstasy? Uh, the, no, they are. They are things. At any point in time, they are. They are. You know, uh, things going well. There are things going less well. Uh, we. I've got to say that there is relatively little in my sort of you know, daily life that I don't really enjoy. Uh, so some of it sometimes is a bit uh, um, painful um, uh, when you are maybe you know stuck in a meeting where you feel you shouldn't be. And but overall, uh, we are very very fortunate. It's hard work. It's very hard work, uh, and that's uh, where there is a there is a side where you know, we talk about all the things that are going well, but also a lot of things that are not necessarily going so well. And but we are trying to be very consistent with uh, when things are not going so well to be there to potentially uh, help uh, a company that's not scaling, you know, find a home uh, to be um, uh, to help a founder that's not really scaling to bring people on on board or find someone to uh, replace him. We are trying so so and these things. Usually, the company is doing very, very well. Don't end up taking so much of your time. No. Um, and just really quickly, just because we're going to run out of time before I ask you your song choice, if 10 out of 10 is every investment returns what you want it to, to return, what's the truthful answer from your, your perspective in your last five, 10 years or so, where 10 is perfect? What's the percentage of the 10, as it were, that you that you have achieved success on? The, 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 it's... The, the key for us is to have uh, some, some 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 investments where we we end up um, 
Yeah, we're building a portfolio. So it's uh, at the end, the average will matter. Mm. But we need to have companies which are not 10 out of 10, which are more like 20 out of 10. Okay. And th the likes of Farfetch. So that's what I keep on mentioning to our team. We need to find more companies like this. So to you need go tw from 20 out of 10s is fine. You'll have a couple of fives or even twos, but that's okay. That's yes, of course. It's life. Listen, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. It's been lovely hearing from the other side of the table. Um, and I'm sure you're going to get lots of people connecting with you saying, hello, Frederick, I think I need your help and your money and your contacts and all the other things that you bring and the wisdom. Just before I let you go, firstly, thank you uh, for spending time with me. Uh, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? The, the, the song choice is um, Cantaloupe um, from As3. It's um, it's a song that's uh, that's really important in my life at the point where I I became a, I, I built a sort of a late passion for music so in my early twenties so that album in 1993 uh, was a key um, album I've seen them a few times in concerts in different cities in London in Milan um, and uh, it's um, I just love this song and I listen to it very regularly. Here it is, just for you. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special down here at Birdland this evening. A recording for Blue Note Records. That was the song choice of my business shape today, Frederick Court talked about entrepreneurs needing to be contrarians, that they usually are contrarians, that they have to do things that are almost impossible, and that from his perspective, to be useful to entrepreneurs, he never stops learning about what it is that they're involved in. But above everything else, what I really took out of Frederick was you need to be passionate. Really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday here on Jazz FM from 9am sharp. I do hope you've enjoyed the programme today. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.